everyone. We've got a really exciting episode of the Shipping Manifest today. Today we are doing our wild card special. So me and Kelsey just picked out some of the ships that we wanted to talk about that probably wouldn't get enough dedicated time on uh, another episode. Uh, so it's just our time to throw some fun ones out there. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. But uh, there is a little hiccup in the middle of the recording. Anchor just kind of dropped out. Like, you know, it does that. But uh, we get back to it real quickly. Uh, But yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hello. Of course I said that and then I got 35 text messages that I was like, oh. Well, you're a popular person. No, they're all from the same person. Oh, well, it's just Peter. (laughs) Oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, (laughs) Well, how 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 you been? How's your past couple of weeks been? Oh, it's all been all right. Um, it is fucking freezing here. Yeah. Um, I saw some of the weather reports, and it looked disgusting. It went from being, you know, 30s, maybe the 20, maybe high 20s. You know, before I left for Christmas, it was 50, mm-hmm. which was uh, uh, all right, acceptably, unseasonably warm. Like, I get it. That wasn't normal, and I shouldn't have expected it to stay that way. I live in the Midwest. I've lived in the Midwest my whole life. Yeah. I know what this is about. But holy fuck, it just went from like, it just plummeted and snow. And then yesterday it was like negative five. It's, it's been, it's been uh, crazy. Cause like it's, it hasn't been anywhere near that bad here in Colorado, luckily. Um, but I didn't realize uh, how cold it really was. Because uh, I have like a, a little uh, uh, plant that I got from a friend that's in a little Oddish planner, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out on on the deck just so it can get a little bit of natural sunlight." Uh, and uh, the next day, it snowed and it was like 15 degrees out, and and like that plant is dead. It is dead now. Uh, so R.I.P. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not good with plants. That was my first plant, and I, I totally borked it. But uh, I mean, gonna, that's, gonna, that's okay. Yeah, gonna gonna take another shot at it because uh, because I liked my little guy. Um, he was cool. I mean, it just if it makes you feel better, humans as a race have not been great with plants <laughs> you you have a a very good point uh, i mean look at what we've done to this earth that was once covered in plants yeah yeah you're not you're not wrong you're not wrong welcome uh, to the poison ivy podcast yeah. Pamela Isley. <laughs> yeah let's just talk about how everything is fucked <laughs> Humans are awful, and they've destroyed Mother Earth. Harley? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Do you have anything? 
No, I think I'll let you take the lead. <laughs> well, that, was, that, was uh, my, yeah. that was my best attempt at a Harley. And it was great. Yeah, let me, let me tell you, uh, Tara Strong is sweating her job right now. I know. I, Eileen Sorkin is miserable that that was so better good. than she ever did. So good. That character. So good. I mean, right. I would, I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's better than that uh, Big Bang Chicks done, so. Oh, oh, man. I am not looking forward to that. Uh, that's that's going to be rough. What's disappointing about it is that everything else about that looks good to me. Like, uh-huh. Dietrich Bader's back as Batman, and, like, Blake Bell is really good, and she'd be a great, I- she's going to be a great Ivy, and they're like back and forth, and the trailer was entertaining. And I like and, the style. The style looks right, good. The art is good, and it looks like every, I mean, the rest of the voice cast looks great. But like, <sighs> man, Kaylee Cuoco, she is just not worth anything. No. And she is once once we're finally once this bombs. Uh, I also feel like we're kind of at the point now where we've got Harley Deadpoolish, where we're little Wolverine Deadpool problem where we're a little oversaturated and we might need to pull it back in so we can still enjoy her. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the thing that is really going to uh, kind of determine what, what's going to happen is how well that birds of prey movie does. Yeah. Um, Because if it's huge, then we're, we're in for uh, a lot more Harley. Um, which but, is fine because yeah. I trust like that I'm fine with because it'll be like the Margot Robbie we're like making we're trying to steer her towards a more feminist character and get her away from the Joker mm-hmm. and that I'm fine with that version totally. of Harley can stay but like totally just in general yeah maybe take uh, a little break from Harley Quinn I I, uh, I think I'm, I'm on board with you with that yeah uh, yeah. right. I mean, unless we do this specific version, gonna yeah. need you to gonna need you to to pull pull the reins a little bit on on old Harley, give her a little yeah. break for a while. Yep, because it it, it it it's very close to oversaturation. Because I don't want to get to the point where I don't like her. Like I yeah. still like her. I entertained by her. I especially because comics of like stuck with the getting her away from the joker and letting her do her own thing mm-hmm. and you know letting her kind of be a little anti-hero that's running around and not really messing with the joker anymore and you know what they did with her in in- justice too rules it, oh, right. it she basically became the new robin uh and is just batman's sidekick oh, and she's that- awesome that panel of her following Bruce and saying, I brought you a cupcake. I had two cupcakes, but guess what happened? Ate the other one. She goes, boy, you really are the world's greatest detective. <laughs> that is literally my favorite thing. That is, I want that, like, I want to put that on the wall in my apartment mm-hmm. because that was like A plus. And then yeah. also like Tom King leaning into Harley and Ivy and being like, Hey Ivy, don't kill a lot. 
you love Harley, why don't you just go and be, you know, reformed with Harley and make a cute relationship? Even Batman ships this. Oh, for sure. Even Batman ships Harley and Ivy. Yeah, because how could you not? They're 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 adorable together. Uh, Which the, leads us into my first ship for today. Yes. Hi. Oh, perfect. I I was really hoping this is where we were going. Okay. It let's, is. Let's do this. So I have. I, this is my first one. I figure we'll just take turns, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is my first one. It's my only. I think. No. I had a hard time because I have a hard time finding things outside of comics mm-hmm. that I ship because I don't ever really get into anything that hard. Sure. And I had to like go back into my brain. So this this is my only comic book one. Okay. But because I can't, I won't have a whole episode about Harley and I won't have a whole episode about Ivy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, but yeah, Harley and Ivy, I think they're really cute. I really enjoyed them, and I really appreciate that even the comic book writers are giving it to us and are, like, embracing and, you know, admitting that the character, or at least Ivy, has bisexual. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that they play well together. I think it's, she you know, reigns in the crazy a little bit and sees her as the smart, independent woman that she is. And her, uh, Ivy treats her as an equal and like a person <laughs> isn't abusive to her and also helps her kind of see that abusive relationship that she was in and being like, you don't need to be with this guy that treats you like shit. Like mm-hmm. you are a strong, capable woman. And my favorite versions of Harley come out of stuff with her being with Ivy or her being separate is, you know, when we remember like the part in Suicide Squad where she says, oh, by the way, I was a clinical psychologist mm-hmm. and I can help with this thing. But you didn't know that. And it's just like, um, yeah, we didn't. And I we forget that. Yeah, she has a psychology degree. She is a very intelligent human being. Mm-hmm. And it got lost a little bit with her, with her kind of losing her mind. Yeah. And Ivy brings that back out in her and tames her a little bit. And on the flip side, Harley makes Ivy realize that not all humans are bad and we don't need to exterminate them all because you want to keep Harley around. Right. And I, listen. Yeah, like, absolutely. And even Batman like, ships it, and it can't be wrong. I mean, well, it could be wrong. There's a lot of things Batman's done that's wrong. Yeah, Talia. Yeah. But um, <laughs> um but but yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, Harley and Ivy are freaking fantastic together, and and the fact that they're both incredibly intelligent. So the way that they can have a conversation, uh, puts them on on this. Uh, this even playing field despite their uh, intelligence being focused on different aspects of science and, and everything like that but the way that they are able to interact and, and come at each other on, on such a, a such an even playing field and they they're, they're great they're, they're a fantastic couple No, I agree. Absolutely. Like, I love them. I wish we had more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, spoilers for if you aren't reading Heroes in Crisis, one of the deaths in Heroes in Crisis is Ivy. What? And she's there in Sanctuary kind of recovering from this whole thing that happened with her and the Riddler in the War of Jokes and Riddles. And Harley's the one who told her to go there and then showed up even though she wasn't supposed to be there because it's supposed to be secret when people are there. So you don't know who's there, why they're there, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And Harley shows up and there's a whole several, there's several panels of like Ivy doing her confessional, like her therapy thing where she's talking about why she's there. And then Harley kind of like peeks into the corner and Ivy's like, you're not supposed to be here. She's like, well, that's okay. I'm going to be here anyway. And like flirting with her and whatever. And then that's, then it's kind of, that's the reveal of like one of the, one of the, clues or what were hints to you know when you think maybe harley is the one that killed everybody at sanctuary but she wouldn't have killed ivy mm-hmm. so what and then you find out pamela died and she's one of the one of the casualties of of the people at sanctuary it's one of the things that points to harley being innocent and actually in the most recent issue one of the people that is helping harley clear her name is Babs. interesting so she showed up and Babs finds her and like they have a moment where she's like, do you want me to help you figure out who did this or do you want Batman to come and do it? And he's not going to believe you. So do you want my help or do you want Batman's not help? Yeah. <laughs> and Harley's like, mm, I'm going to work with you then. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like she hugs her and it's like a really nice moment. And now they're like, that was the end of the issue was them teaming up to go figure out who to go work on it on their own. I mean, that that's just another uh, another tally in the Babs is awesome column, uh, if we're keeping yeah. score. Uh, Meanwhile, Rick's at a Nickelback concert. Oh, Rickleback. Just kidding. Like, that's not really happening. I just love making that joke. Yeah. I just... Rickleback. Rickleback. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that's spoilers for... Heroes in Crisis, if you're not reading it or plan to read it, um, that's what's going on there. Okay. But yeah, Harley and Ivy, real cute. Yeah. One of the best episodes of uh, animated series, Batman animated series, is when they were hanging out and mm-hmm. having adventures together. And yeah. I mean, they're, they're comics. Thelma, Living together. They're, they're comics, Thelma and Louise, that don't die. Right. Like, they're great. Agreed. Listen, we don't know that Thelma and Louise died. We didn't see what happened to the car afterwards. We just know they drove off the cliff. So do you think that if they had the car from Greece? They absolutely had the car from Greece. <laughs> or they, they actually... It is Greece like They just slowly fly away. You're like, all right, yeah. bye. Yeah, why not? Right. Listen, if John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John can fly off into the sunset, why can't why can't uh, Gina Davis and what Gina Davis and oh shit, was that Susan Sarandon? Susan Sarandon, there you go. Why can't Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon fly off into the sunset after they killed Brad? Pitt? They deserve it. They de- they deserve to be able to fly off into the sunset. Um, 
honestly. Uh, okay. So, so with, with Harley and Ivy, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of tell you where I'm thinking, like the area that I think it would go. Uh, okay. I'm thinking it's right around Bruce and Diana and Babs and Dinah. Yeah, I'm in, I'm into that. So, uh, do you think it goes higher? Do you think it goes lower? Where, where do you, where do you want to put it? I mean, it is canon, so I would put it above Babs and Dinah, but under Bruce and Dinah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Okay, so that is going to be our new number because six. Bruce and Diana is canon in my mind. Yeah, yeah it's canon in everything. He life. doesn't need this Selena shit. No. <laughs> Diana wouldn't leave you at the altar. Diana would build the altar. She would build the altar, yeah. With her bare hands. And a god. And Big Barda would officiate. A god would marry you. Like, yeah, yeah, Big Barda would officiate. Which, oh man, what a dream. Uh, yeah. Do you know that's the only reason I'm interested in the New Gods movie now is because it's going to be mostly about Scott Free and Big Barda? I mean, we can only hope. Uh, because... No, that's what they, they, they did. They did. That's what they said. <sighs> the The latest information about it is that it's heavily focused on Scott, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda and I was like mm, I wasn't interested yes. and now I'm interested. I'm so in. Because I do not care about Apocalypse. Anyone from Apocalypse outside of Big Barda. I don't care about any other thing that happens in New Gods. Anything. But Big Barda and Scott Free? Oh yeah. I'm like there. yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic. Um uh, Okay, yeah. so our new number six is going to be Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. That's a really strong showing for them. Yeah. Okay, so uh, funnily enough, you just made a perfect segue for my first ship that we're going to talk about today. Is it, is it Mr. Miracle and Big Barda? It's Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. Because they are the <laughs> fucking best. They are the best couple. Like they they suit each other so well. They seem like total opposites, but they they just are so fantastic. And then they come together as this like they both shared similar types of childhood abuse. So they come so they come together with an understanding of each other uh, and and that childhood trauma that they have to live with on a daily basis. And they raise each other up uh, to be uh, just fantastic. Like they they are they are such an incredible couple together. Uh, and I'm, I'm waiting for, like, because Young Justice is, like, flirting with all that apocalypse stuff and the new gods. Yeah, they are. We've got mother boxes. We've got father boxes. We've got new gods. I'm we've got bugs. waiting for when. We've got dark side. And Scott and Barda show up in Young Justice because I will go crazy. I will, I will be so happy about that. Um, it's going to be real good. Yeah. They are such a such a fascinating character like couple uh because 
uh, one of the worst moments in comics uh, was back in the 80s where uh, Sleaze, who is this uh, gross character, like brainwashed Big Barda and Superman into having, like, making a porn. And once, <laughs> once it got all, like, sorted out, and Bardo was like, hey, I'm I'm really sorry. And Superman's like, I'm really sorry. And Scott was like, no, I get it. Like, th- th- these are horrible people. I, I understand. And he, he approaches it so level-headed and so smartly. And that is just such a strong indicator of their relationship and, like, how unbreakable they are. Uh, they're... they're just fantastic. Agreed. I have. Uh, they are great. I love them. I would be very thrilled if they show up in Young Justice. Because boy, do I not care about anything else from Apocalypse. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Except Forager coming from New Genesis. Forager. Forager is the only thing to come out of anything regarding New Genesis. Forager and then like all of of Connor's pet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I have a weird feeling about the, the, the fourth world new God stuff because I love the art uh, like from those old books, but I, I've never been able to get into like reading those old books uh, just because yeah. it is like, it is so confusing <laughs> It is so out there a lot of the time. So I've, I've never been able to really latch on to anybody except for Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. Uh, and I think that is just how strong their characters are, that they can transcend that and they can cross over with all of these other characters that uh, would be seemingly com- completely outside of their connections and they would work well with them um yeah yeah I well and I just love that I love that Barda's whole thing is like it's very much my brand of like I don't want to do this awful shit anymore mm-hmm. I don't want to work for these like I don't want to work for these the Furies anymore I don't want to work for Dark Side anymore I don't want to do all of this bad stuff anymore I'm just going to move to Earth and be a housewife <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, that's my brand. If it's nothing else, like, can I just be a housewife? But, but she she does it in such a way where she takes that warrior mentality into being like a a regular housewife, where she she becomes yes. incredibly protective of her home, and and what, what yes. means the most to her, and it, it's right. so it's so good, uh, because like, how often do we see? like moms portrayed like that in in like especially comics where it's just like no she is a badass and she is going to run shit and if you come after the stuff that she cares about you're not gonna you're not gonna make it out alive uh literally the only other time i've seen it done that way is with like prior to the series coming out jessica jones where yes like in the new in the new early new the beginning of new avengers where you know she's very much like i've had a baby i am all about being a mother now 
And if anybody, if any one of you comes for my child, I will kill everyone in this room and then mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> like, it is very much like anytime somebody even remotely thinks about threatening Danny, she's like, do you want to fight about it? Because we can go right now. I'm going to take off my yeah, earrings. Yeah. And it's, and then Luke's like, you're not even wearing earrings. She goes, don't even. <laughs> and he's like, you're right. I, okay. Don't. Take off your earrings. I didn't sweetie. say nothing. I didn't say nothing. Uh, so yeah, no, I yeah, love so I love her. They're 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 so good, and the idea of getting them in a movie, like, uh, like the I think I found it. I found it like a while ago, and I sent it to you. That fan casting of oh yeah, of uh, Gwendolyn Christie and yes. Oscar Isaac. Like, how yeah. is that not official? already like how are we right. not already done with that because they are perfect they are perfect for that right. that that pairing <laughs> absolutely like, just just make it happen just make it happen how hard well and especially the way he's mr miracle has looked in the in tom king's run where he you know had the shaggy hair and the beard and was kind of like full dad because <laughs> he just became a dad and like they just had a baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, so, like, I, I hope, I hope I, we get to a point where, like, the New Gods movie is, like, a, a remarkable hit. And then they're like, okay, now we're just going to do Tom King's run on Mr. Miracle as a movie. Like, right. Great. I'm, I'm there. I am totally there. Um, I um, also, one of my favorite things in any, my favorite scene in any animated movie any of the DC animated movies, because those are by far superior to their, most of their live action movies. But when, like, there's no Scott in it, unfortunately, but they do allude to Scott when she, like, gets her armor and everything out of the closet. But, um, it's just in the closet, um, but it's in Batman, um, Batman Superman Apocalypse, where the, the Trinity shows up just at her house, and she's like coming out of the shower and opens the door and all of her neighbors are like looking at her because she's on this like lives on a suburban street and she just opens the door in a towel and is just like crestfallen that like oh fuck the Justice League is here great <laughs> just, <laughs> just like or so feeling relaxed it. feeling good <laughs> and like, these three motherfuckers to ruin my day well it's not and it's not even it's just Diana and and Clark at her door and then she turns around and Bruce is in the house already and she's like how did you get in my house like she's just so upset and she's like oh this shit I don't know <laughs> uh, but yeah okay so so I think this is another one that would go. That's, a, that's a high yeah. one um so do you want to hear the top five just to kind of uh, get an idea and then we can decide if it goes in the top five? Yes, because good for remembering that I'm not going to open anything I, or do I'm, I'm I'm up on it now. I figured it out. Yeah. So number one is Clark and Lois. Uh, number two is Babs and <laughs> number three is Peter and MJ. Number four is Matt Murdock and Kirsten McDuffie. And number five is Bruce and Diana. I mean that one. I mean, I feel like these two got to go pretty high up. There. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I mean, 
I might listen. I might. I might bump them into the number two. I'm not gonna you, lie. Okay. You know what? I because like they haven't. They're a solid couple, and like our current number two have our makeup breakup couple. You're right. They're a solid. They're like, and they're. I think they're in the same argument as why I put Lois and Clark. So why we put them at number one is because is there anyone else you would rather see them win? No. Why we can't do a full Superman episode because we would there's no one else we want to see Superman with but Lois, maybe Batman. But you'd have to have some reason why Lois wasn't there, and then it wouldn't be a good enough reason because you'd probably have to fridge her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Then then that's our new number two, uh, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. I mean, a strong argument could be made for Barda and Diana, but also, like, I would need a solid reason why Scott's not there, and I wouldn't want it to be him being dead. Yeah. So. But also, Barda. I would be okay with them being a thrupp. I would be fine with a thruple. Yeah. Yeah. And Diana would probably be fine, and let's be real, so would Barda, and, like, Scott would be insane if he wasn't. Yeah, no, he would be very okay with that. Why would you not want to be in that Amazon sandwich? <laughs> oh Lord, yeah, that's that. That's that's the dream. That's the dream. Okay, who who's uh who's your next one? So my next one um, is my only ship out of Star Wars. Ooh. I don't listen. I never really got to the point with Star Wars that I like had strong shifts about anything, or like I didn't. I had any strong attachment to romantic characters, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of that has to do with like my favorite character out of the entirety of Star Wars was Luke, who did not have a love interest mm-hmm. except for his sister. Oh. And so, you know. But that wasn't the focus of the story. And for me, when I watched it, you know, it's the focus of the story has never been romance or relationship. It has been this. We have this thing going on and this is important. And then Han and Leia happen to fall in love in the the process. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I'm like, all right, cool. Han and Leia, whatever. So, but as an avid reader and lover of the expanded universe, and somebody who spent millions of hours devoted to these books, reading these books over and over and over again, and immediately falling in love with a character created specifically in the expanded universe, who I'm forever mourning, no longer exists because of Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade yes. are my only shift to come out of Star Wars. Because that relationship took so time, so much time to build, and it like built in such a way that it was just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And they had a little bit of the thing that like Han and Leia had at the beginning, where they were contentious with each other, but like it was also kind of playful, especially after she started to like live her life after the last command had been fulfilled and after she could go and not be the emperor's hand anymore and really got to separate herself you say playful but she was trying to kill him well after the fact (laughs) after the last command it's 
it was playful after that portion. The when she's first in first introduced, it is not playful at all. She is actively trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. But after that whole thing is put to bed, they te- they have a more playful, more you know, more you know, contentious but playfully contentious relationship yeah. because a lot of his, a lot of her involvement and a lot of his involvement with her is her coming to, you know, drop supplies off at the Jedi Academy or hang out there for a couple of days because Lando is being gross mm-hmm. or, you know, just kind of stopping by to help with something. And he is, you know, very gentle with her and very kind to her and very interested in her well-being. And like, hey, you know, I could train you how to use all of your powers, not just the murder powers that you were taught to use, you know, and her being reluctant to do so. And then him being like, cool, I think it would help you, but I'm here if you need me. And if you don't want that, I'm not going to push you. Mm -hmm. And him always coming to her from a place of like, I'm here to help make things better for you when you want me to. If you don't want that from me, I'm cool to back off. Just let me know what works for you. And she can't help but enjoy being around him and she can't help but like be endeared to him despite this whole world of like being brainwashed into wanting to destroy him. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, oh fuck, you're just so likable. And he literally is like, I'm literally just here. Like, I don't, I don't know what I did differently than just be who I am. Mm-hmm. And like, I just love how they grow to love each other. And then to the point that it just becomes a, the way he proposes to her and the way that they end up getting married is them being in a situation where they don't think they're going to make it out alive. And he literally is just like, I've got nothing to lose. So hey, I love you. I've kind of always loved you. Uh, If we live, do you want to marry me? And she's like, yeah, if we live, sure. And then they do live, and then they get married. (laughs) It's like very precious, and it's very unbranded for both of them, because I can't imagine him ever being comfortable enough to like get down on one knee and be really romantic and adorable about it. He would just he is just not good at that thing. (laughs) (laughs) He's just too much in this Jedi thing and not really sure what to do with it. Um, and, you know, kind of just one track mind, a lot of most of his formative, you know, sexual peak life. Mm-hmm. And then by the time he finally realizes like, oh shit, like I actually really love this person. I, oh, I don't know how to do any of this. And I'm not going to ask Han. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to ask Lando. They are terrible examples. Mm-hmm. He has just, no he has no person that he can turn to for it. Right. I didn't really have a dad. Nope. You know, my uncle didn't like me at all. Mm-mm. Um I while while Uncle Owen knew Luke, I mean, can you blame him for not liking him? No. No, like nobody, nobody blames Uncle Listen, Owen. Like he has this kid dropped on his front porch and, and is like told by a guy in a robe, like, "Hey, this is uh, this is your sister's uh, fucking grandkid or whatever." Like, yeah, take care of him. Um, 
like, and he's like, uh, no, like I just got married and like, you know, just starting a family and like, you know, no, no. Wasn't it his step? Wasn't he Anakin's stepbrother? Still. Something like, I don't don't know. I don't know. Listen, the original, I blocked most the like the prequels out of my mind. No, I don't know. know. (laughs) Anyway, the point is, no one can, and then he turned into a whiny turd. Yeah. So, like, yeah, no one, no one blames you for not liking Luke, especially in the early years of his life. Um, Also, you know. An argument can be made that he was also kind of gay, um, because I definitely think there was more to his friendship with Biggs um, than we let on. Yeah, and so that's like Luke is at the very least bisexual, for sure, for sure. Luke Bywalker. Luke Bywalker. Hey, but yeah. So I think I don't think he ever loved anybody after Biggs until Mara. Yeah. And uh, I'm just forever, I'm just forever really bummed out, especially because of the way that like, with the expanded universe, they took a very delicate care in being like, making people rooted in the universe. And like, find like, you're going to introduce this character that we didn't see in the first three movies, but telling me where she was in the background. And like where she where she fit in and why she wasn't in these key moments, you know, which when you make an original character is important. And it's a lot of how I've modeled doing original characters myself of like, I'm going to create an original character for something, but I'm going to damn sure tell you where they were and why they weren't in these key moments in major canon so that I can explain their existence. Yeah, absolutely. And so like stuff like that, you know. They put so much, Timothy Zahn put so much work into creating Mara Jade that, like, I'm forever destroyed that she is not a thing anymore. Because yeah. Disney was like, fuck it, we're going to start over and we're going to give you all these new people that nobody cares about. It, it, it definitely hurts. And, like, the, the, the way that Disney dealt with both the expanded universe in the books and also just completely throwing away... Um, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, which right. is one of my absolute favorite pieces of, of Star Wars, uh, and and just completely ignoring it, like, and and we're at a point where EA has the exclusive license to make Star Wars video games, and they've been fucking up, and EA owns the company who made Knights of the Old Republic. How how is that not already being done? How 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 do we not have it? It's, because it's Disney hates uh, our joy. I Problem. guess and that's part of I think my biggest struggle with the newer movies is like I want to like them and there are parts of them that I do like and there are some characters that I see potential in, but it's like I also had this whole world that you just took away from me where I learned I built relationships with these characters over time mm-hmm. and so it wasn't just like one day we had Mara Jade and then they were married it was like this this was basic this they didn't get married until I was like graduating from high school and she had been around since the early 90s I mean, so it was like books was it it was multiple it was books. multiple books like mo- like a good chunk of that history is before they get married 
they weren't married for very long and then they did kind of like a time jumpy thing and into the you know the new order new jedi order books and then she died (laughs) so you know not great um but it's fine i'm not bitter about it yeah um i am super bitter about it but anyway but yeah i just i don't know it's like i had time to build with these characters i had time to learn about these characters literally watched the solo children grow up so it's like then you just replace these three really really nuanced and really intelligently created and really different children like you gave me three solo kids and all of them are different from each other they all had different experiences they all had different connections with the force and that was really cool and interesting and watching these kids grow up and then watching what they turn into and you're like so sure in the new Jedi order that Jaina is going to turn to the dark side. And then it's Jason that turns to the dark side. And everyone is like, what the fuck? I never saw that coming. Like Jason of all people, like, of course his name is Jason. Why didn't I see that coming? Jason's terrible. If you think about it, like you've got Jason Todd who went bad and you've Mm -hmm. got uh, fucking, okay. This isn't technically uh, the same, but the the actor that plays him is named Jason, the fucking Green Ranger, the dude, yeah, a bad guy, he was the bad guy, like, and so, now he's kind of like in real life a bad guy. So he's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. Um, it doesn't mean that that dude at Comic Con should have tried to kill him, but no, he is absolutely not. Weird he's just guy. weird. He's he's got a he's got a MMA for Christ company. Like, he's kind of. I mean, <laughs> I mean, same. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. I just the and then so I guess I just it's harder for me when you give me a whole brand new cast of characters when you had a whole bunch of characters that we already had relationships with. If you're still a, if you're a Star Wars fan and you're still a Star Wars fan, and I get adding new characters, like I would have been fine with you adding these new characters if you kept around some of these characters that I built relationships with. Yeah. You know, like. I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of Luke and Han and Leia in the new trilogy just because they're old. Yeah. <laughs> they're old. And, you know, I knew that they weren't going to be around much and they aren't going to be up to the task of the physical demands of doing the kind of movie Star Wars has to be now to compete. Yeah. But like, you know, but also, you know, I, I would have appreciated if you gave me, I, listen, I am forever upset that you gave me Luke Skywalker who fucked up training Jedi and then peaced out to an island and acted like an asshole for 40 years when I could have had Luke Skywalker who built this beautiful Jedi Academy, learned from mistakes that he made with people that he was training, and then was able to turn things around anyway and make it better for di- for the next students. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, he had issues at the very beginning with Kip Duran and he turned it around and then Kip became one of the best Jedi out of the new the new order and one of the most i was off topic so anyway luke skywalker mara jade forever devastated um they're they're a a huge ship for me they're like my first otp so yeah uh the 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 position that i come from it uh is i i love them together but i didn't have that long running connection to them because i didn't uh, I didn't read the Thrawn trilogy until after episode seven had come out. Uh, so I, I didn't have that pre 
existing connection. Oh, right, because I, rem- I told you about the Thrawn trilogy. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, but you're going to love this woman. And then I, you were like, I love this woman. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, she is 100% my fucking jam. Like, that is, that is exactly my type of character. So, yeah, yeah no, of I course knew. I but but I didn't have the same uh, struggle to connect with the new cast uh, because of it because I didn't have the the same uh, canon built up in my head. So when when I went into the the new trilogy, I was like, yeah, this this all checks out. This is all good. You know, I'm 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 cool with where the story's going. Uh, but I can totally see why if you had that knowledge about uh especially luke and mara i don't i don't care as much about the uh the the solo kids um because that like that could go either way Um, i do i'm devastated about the solo kids forever like ben solo is fucking garbage well yeah i mean fucking kylo (laughs) ren is nothing compared to the three children that i did not get i was not i was not saying (laughs) i uh like kylo ren in that, no, I know. I, I really, really don't. Um, but I feel like if you ever have a chance to go back and read Young Jedi Knights, mm-hmm. you'd really love the Solo Twins. Like, you would really love them. Because Jaina is very much your brand of girl who's just, like, she's very tough. And she's, like, very much her dad's daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's just very cool and, like, very, like, I'm here to be a really awesome Jedi. And I'm here to be, like, a really awesome pilot. Mm-hmm. And I want to be I want to be my dad when I grow up. Yeah. And then Jason is just a soft boy who talks to animals. <laughs> And part of his force power is he has very strong connections with animals. Yeah. And he always has pets and he falls in love with this witch and he really loves her and she kind of likes him back, but is also like, I don't know. And then he is just like, it's cool. It's cool. It's fine. I'm just going to pine for you and it's cool. It's fine. I'm not going to bother you about it, but I really love you. And then he can talk uh, to animals about it. Right. But they're great and like they're the way that they play off of each other and that they're very close as siblings but they're very different personality wise I feel like you'd really enjoy them so if you can find the Young Jedi Knights books uh, by all means I think you would really enjoy them every once in a while Luke pops in and be like hey kids you doing okay and they're like no <laughs> and he's like alright well uh, that sucks <laughs> good talk i got some other kids i gotta deal with i can't show favorites yeah so okay so real quick going back to to mara um i was already predisposed uh to like her as a character because when i was a kid uh one of my favorite books that i had i think i was given it like as a as a christmas present just because someone in my family was like oh he likes star wars i'll get him this and it was the huge encyclopedia of every character in Star Wars. I also uh, have that. Yeah, and, and it was it was um, before the prequels, so it, it was everybody from the extended universe. <laughs> and there was uh, an entry for Mara, and the picture that they had in there, I was like immediately taken with. So like I was already like on board with her just by how how she looked in that book and like what I read about her 
entry. Was it the picture with her with the goggles on and she's in like the half the flight suit and yes. the tank top? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. the one that we all got boners for her. <laughs> We're all like, oh, yeah, no, I'm about this. And then there's also, there was a, she had a comic, too, back when Dark Horse still did Star Wars comics. And she had a comic where she was just drawn as, like, this total, like, femme fatale, like, bombshell of a woman, but then also would, like, kick fucking ass. Yes. And so, like, when she was doing missions for, and she always had these, like, beautiful eyelashes and like kind of like cat eye makeup and just looked like this goddess and she was always in these gowns and doing jobs for the emperor at like society functions where she was going to go kill a man and black widow the fuck out of him and then then the next panel she would be in this like cat suit with her lightsaber and just being like a boss and it was just oh fuck I just that, I'm gonna have to track that comic down. She, it's it's just called Mara Jade, and um, I think it's called Mara Mara Jade by the Emperor's Hand. I believe is what it's called, and she is very much like this. Just I'll find I'll see if I can find pictures of it to send to you too. Okay. Because um, I that was kind of one of the first things I read with her in it after the Throne trilogy, and I just was like, oh, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> I'm at least bisexual because man, I oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Um, so so I'm kind of thinking Also she's a redhead, so like I mean that's that's kinda that's kinda my my type, but that's yeah. Uh me and me and Dick have that in common. <laughs> me and uh, Dick also have that in common. <laughs> uh so I'm kinda thinking <laughs> uh how do you feel about right above Matt and Natasha, but below Dick and Bruce? I'm done with that. Yeah, you good with that? I mean, I could even put them above Dick and Bruce too, because they're like my very first OTP. Okay. They're how they're like I. They're my first fan fictions. Writing stories about them. Mm. So that would put them right below Peter and Matt. That's fair. All right, we'll do that. So that is going to be our new number 11, Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade. All right. Miss you till I see you next. What? I I didn't hear what you said. I didn't understand what you said. I didn't understand what I said either. Okay, were you just mumbling sounds then? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Cool, 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 cool. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, okay so my next one is uh one because i i don't think we're ever gonna do a full archie episode Uh, (laughs) i mean with riverdale's popularity we totally could there's so they spend so much time fucking each other too that like you know there's ships that we could rank in it um but I, you know, we might get to it. But I want to get the best ship out uh, today. Is it Jughead and Hamburgers? Uh, no, it is not. Um, are you caught up on Riverdale, by the way? No, I haven't seen a single episode this oh season. Oh my god! This new episode. I just have to send you a gift. 
Okay. Because, like, listen, I the most recent episode, there is a moment, there's a scene where Skeet Ulrich winks at, like, he there's a, a reveal, and then he winks at Jughead, and I just fucking, god damn it. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize that my 90s crushes were going to come back real hard, but, like, uh, apparently that's what's going to happen, and then... Uh, you know, I was telling, he's also a face claim for one of our Monster of the Week character, like one of the no, non-playable characters in our Monster of the Week game. And okay. in our most recent session, he died and we're all devastated. And like the second half of our, the next session is us trying to fit, to like save his save him and bring him back. Oh, um, man. Because he's like possessed by, or he's got like, his soul is, he sold his soul to a crossroads demon. So he can't really fully die. It's part of his feel. But mm-hmm. like, you know, for some, the demon can't save, save him or whatever, and something's blocking it. So like, we have to go and save him. And like, I'm just, we're all just devastated. And then this episode of Riverdale, and he fucked this fucking wink, and I was just like, God damn it, God <laughs> damn it. Like, and I was like, Why are all my '90s crushes back? Because I used to have a poster of him on my wall after fucking Scream, him mm. and Gavin Rossdale. If, if we're if we're talking about uh 90s crushes who need to come back uh, where 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 <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook uh may um, I ask she's doing Hallmark movies oh man <laughs> she was just on a Hallmark movie the last time we were recording I saw I I put it I muted a Hallmark movie that she was in why she? Why she got to be in the Hallmark movies? Like, get, get, get her. Listen, she was beautiful, but she's not a good actress. Oh, I, I mean, she's okay. What? She's not a good actress. I'm sorry. She's a very beautiful woman, and she, you know, was good at doing like '90s roles. But like, she's not a good actress. I I think we need to give her another shot. I think she, you I give mean, her the Hallmark right. Hallmark is giving her another shot. I mean, like, good material. We're getting distracted. Um, <laughs> so Hi, the, have you met us? Yeah. Uh, the ship that I wanted to talk about is Betty Cooper and Veronica Lodge. Betty oh, and Veronica. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're on fuck, board with this. Fuck the boys. Yep. Archie is not interesting. Why are you both obsessed with him? Uh-huh. Just just love each other you clearly already love each other right (laughs) you clearly already love each other i i i have always been on board with betty and veronica as a relationship over any of their other potential relationships uh because they're that they're that perfect mix of like completely opposite but they work really well together. Uh, they're they're just so good. They're so good, and they complement each other so well uh, as characters. And I don't, I don't know. I, I I don't have a ton to say uh, other than they're they're awesome and they're best. They're the best ship in Archie. I agree. Because again, like, listen. Ar- the only reason in Riverdale is because he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> hot Archie. <laughs> he, he's not interesting no. at no. all. 
And like I I love Jughead on the show, but like I, I'm I'm all about. But I don't love Cole Sprouse as a person, <laughs> so that's where my struggles that's, are. That that's that's your own battle. That's your own battle that you gotta you gotta live. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I and plus like the the best thing that Riverdale did was they got the catty bullshit out of the way right away they, they just yeah. they like they they did it they fought a little bit and then they were like no this is this is really fucking stupid and like they have that discussion where it's like we are never gonna fight over a boy again like and they like unless something dramatically changed this season they have held <laughs> to that they have they have stuck by each other and uh, through Archie's fucking mob bullshit and uh, Jughead being a 1950s greaser, they they have stuck by each other. Exactly. Um. So let's see. Do you think this is top ten material? see that I don't know I think I've maybe I don't know if it's quite top 10 I think maybe just under so you think like so we we, so right outside of the top 10 we have Luke and Mara which we just put down uh, Dick and Bruce Matt and Natasha Dick and Wally uh, Peter and Johnny. I think I could. I think honestly, I could put it in there under Luke and Mara. Okay. I am totally cool with that. Because I think it's again, it's not a canon shit, but it has really good potential. Yeah. But I'd feel weird about putting it above a canon ship that is really good ship. For sure, I um uh, um right there with you. Uh, that's still a really strong showing for him. Agreed. Okay, so our new number 12, Betty Cooper and Veronica Lodge. All right, who do you got next? Okay, so this one I feel like I have to defend myself a little bit. It's nothing gross. Okay. I'm not gonna like throw a slate and Kara at was, you or that's, anything. That's the joke not to make. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just so. All right, so I go back and forth lately, like my whole life. Um, I go back and forth in and out of this of stupid fucking Anne Rice Santos. Oh no. And I just have such a hard time letting go because every every time it's like the mafia. It's like when I think I'm out, she pulls me back in. Uh-huh. And I, <clears throat> you know, she's had a new book out last year. I just bought it because I finally read the book that came out in 2016 and was like, well, I guess I've got to finish the series. I'm a completionist. I have to finish it. Oh, boy. So I bought the new book today and I was finished. I just finished reading the one before it and they um the series is they've got a hulu series coming and like listen 
a lot of my formative shipping, my second OTP was Louie and Lestat. Okay. And I'm not, I mean, they're terrible together. Um, and I mean, arguably also hate each other, uh -huh. but also they're real cute when they work. And especially in the most recent stuff, they finally like agreed to make it work, which is nice because it doesn't have to be like veiled gay anymore. It's just, no, let's just be gay. We'll just be together and make it, try to make it work. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just like, like the contention between them. And I also like when they are nice to each other. And when they do, you know, want to be nice to each other, I think it works really well. I think, you know, there was a reason that they managed to make 50 years with Claudia work before Claudia kind of ruined that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just am feeling very tender about it lately. And since it's wild card ships, we're never going to do an Anne Rice episode. <laughs> so uh, I would have to know anything about Anne Rice to right. do that. And listen, like, I want to talk about Queen of the Damned. Like, nobody I, wants to ever talk about Queen of the Damned because it's terrible. Hey, that movie. It is a garbage movie <laughs> made by garbage people and uh, had nothing to do with, this, with the content of the book, which... At the time it came out, I actually was very satisfied because, wow, did they character assassinate every single character in that coven of vampires. Mm -hmm. But Louis was not in the movie, even though he was very prominently in the end of the book. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was like, mm, got out of that one unscathed unscathed well i mean the, the wasn't even I mentioned like, the only thing i like about that movie is that uh Aaliyah was a badass uh she totally ruled in that movie but everything else is terrible i mean and that the bummer is is that like she's not in it long enough she didn't get to be in it as much as she should have been and most of her work was most of her was cgi yeah because she wasn't she died yeah in the middle of filming um, which I'm sure is also part of why the movie is so bad too, is because they had to kind of scramble to take out the main character, like the main antagonist of the book, the title character, the title character out of the movie because yeah. they couldn't afford to film the continue the movie. I just, I wish they would have scrapped it to be honest, because yeah. there was no point in continuing to make the movie without Akasha in it, but it's fine. It, it made its money back. It didn't. It did not at all make its money back. It bombed. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I just, they have very, there's, they have the, as much as moments where they like hate each other, like the whole premise of like how, have you seen Interview with the Vampire or have you not seen that either? I haven't seen it. Okay. So, and they don't do it in the movie because Tom Cruise wouldn't let anybody be gay. Mm -hmm. um, but in the books, the only reason that was into a vampire is because he just thinks he's pretty. And it's like, mm, I'm in love with you because I saw you for two seconds. And I think that you're hot. Like, that is it. That is the basis of the relationship. 
and it is very contentious at the beginning. He is very upset about what has been done to him because he was not in his right mind to like make a conscious choice to do this mm-hmm. because he was dying of consumption and like being an alcoholic, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just destroying his life. And then he's like, I know how I'll make it better. I'll get us a child. And then Lestat makes a baby, like makes a five-year-old into a vampire. And Louis is like, I can't leave you alone with this child. <laughs> oh, God. It's, so is that Kirsten Dunst? Yeah, it's Kirsten Dunst. Okay. Okay. And she's actually really great in that movie because she is the right amount of adorable and the right amount of menacing. Because what ultimately happens is that she is, in the, in the book, she's five. In the, in the movie, she's 12. Okay. Make a there was no way a five year old could do what they needed to be done, do, you know. Um, she ages mentally over the course of the 50 years that they all live together as a family, Mm -hmm. but physically doesn't change. So, obviously, that's gonna piss you off because she's never gonna get to have be a woman, but mentally, she is. So she's having all of those needs and wants that a woman's going to have. She sees other women who, you know, are grown and have tits and are like, you know, there's actually like a really good scene in the movie where she's drawing a picture of a naked woman that she had seen just in a window. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, he asks, if Lestat asks her, you know, if he wants her as in like as food. And she says, no, I want to be her because it's, and it's devastating. Like it is devastating what happened. Like Claudia's whole life is devastating because she just never gets to grow up. And of yeah. course, mentally though, she's like experiencing what it, you know, being a 50 year old woman, but physically 12 and always going to be treated like a doll and a child. And so she finally is like, you need to like let me go and like so I can figure shit out and Lestat doesn't you know want to do that and she gets resentful of him figures out that he's the one who made her and then kills her him and then he comes they and then Louis comes in is like what the fuck have you done like why what (laughs) they dispose of the body he comes back he comes back because he didn't fully die and then they escape and they don't see each other again for years. And then, you know, eventually she dies, whatever is killed. But anyway, the whole point is, is that like, that was his like stopgap of like, don't leave me. I know you're going to leave me because you're really unhappy. and I'm a terrible boy. Here's a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Works. Like they keep having this like thing where it's like, they separate from each other with good reason. And Lestat is always the martyr of everything so it's like he's it's always Louis's fault but it never is it's always Lestat's actions that make Louis go I'm out (laughs) and then he they like go back and forth and they go back and forth but then when they finally are together and they have moments like they do genuinely are drawn to each other they do genuinely love each other they just piss each other off Mm -hmm. and it's just I don't know I got sucked back into it and it's just it's one of again it's one of my like I used to, it was my early role-playing days, and, like, I don't know. I just got 
I just got pulled back in and that I was like, it's got to go on my list. I wouldn't put it high since you can't enjoy this with me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, I never, I never got into that, uh, type of, well, uh, vampire story because like my my vampire kind of uh the my my vampire fandom is dracula and castlevania and stuff like that uh i absolutely would not have expected you to be in an Anne rice phase (laughs) ever in your life yeah it isn't really your kind of jam um i think you know there a lot of them are very terrible people with no redeeming qualities. Um, but I don't know. It's just there was this. I had this. It was my goth, my goth life as a teen where I got sucked into this. And it was, you know, just very nice. It was just beautiful writing. And it was, you know, gay, gay vampire, gay boy vampires um, who, you know, did it for me at the time and like everybody is gay in these books that's the thing it was like <laughs> there you know a lot of the men are in like it was and it, it isn't a thing of like ooh, look we're gay it's just very much like i'm a man in love with a man and it's like i you know and i am also in love with a woman and it's like there's no real it's it was kind of very early not just and like <laughs> Anne rice is very problematic I am not going to pretend that she is not. She is a pretty shitty person and says some pretty shitty stuff, but like, and does some pretty shitty stuff, um, specifically to fans. But I will say, you know, her, her treatment of sexuality as being fluid was ahead of her, ahead of her time. Mm -hmm. And like, she was very much like in the eight early, late seventies, early eighties, talking about fluid, fluid, fluid sexuality and non-gender specific sexuality and challenging gender roles with these vampires Mm -hmm. from long before it was something that, you know, it was a, it was as much as it was talked about as much. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, and her son is an out homosexual and she's always been very supportive of him, even though she's very Catholic. Um, And I think that that's, you know, why it resonated with me because it was, I was seeing in these pages things that I was dealing with myself of bi- with bisexuality and being like, I don't know, I like both. I, you know, I can't even comprehend that. Seems to work, like, it's fine. Like, Marius loves Armand and he also loves Pandora and it's, everything is fine and there's no fluidity. Also, there's a weird thing with Lestat and his mom and Anyway, but yeah, Louis and Lestat, they're very cute when they want to be cute. And they're also, I also enjoy how much they also hate each other. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, so they're on my list, but you can put them pretty low because I'm not going to like die on the hill. So, so based on the way that you have described it, the, the place that I'm kind of looking at for, for where we put it is uh, right above Matt and Felicia. Yeah, that's fair. So it's like, because like it it can work, but it's like still, you know, not great. Right. Uh, well, inevitably, Lestat will do something that 
will make Louis mad and then he'll be like I don't know why I keep coming back to you this is ridiculous like and it's not a it's not an abusive relation like for the most part um abusive relationship it's just a like oh I told you not to specifically not to do that thing then you went and did that thing any and was like I did the thing and I now I have to deal with the consequences Mm. and then got mad at me when I went yeah that's what I told you was gonna happen and that's kind of why they break up all the time that makes sense. Well, they're they're immortals, so they'll have time. <laughs> right. It's only been going on for 200 years. Yeah. They'll be fine. It's fine. Could you just imagine that, though? 200 years of just having this shitty relationship that just is back and forth, like... That sounds miserable. Yeah. That sounds, that, that sounds. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people in the Anne Rice fandom, they don't really appreciate Louis the way that I do. But I really just understand that just being tired, TM. He's just very tired and just does not want to participate in any of this. He just wants to be left alone to read books. I can feel that. I can right? Feel that. Okay, yeah. I feel that. I'll say okay. I'm going to say one last thing, just because you haven't read any of it. There is a moment where like they're kind of getting they're like have been talking a little bit of and like dealing with each other at least and um Lestat does this thing where he like trades bodies with this dude to like experience what it's like to be mortal again and it's only supposed to be temporary but then of course this guy fucking takes off and he can't find him and he's not a vampire anymore so he goes to Louis and is like, make me a vampire again. And Louis's like, no, like, this is the dream. Like, I would kill to be in your position now. Go and like, be happy and be immortal. And like, don't fucking be a vampire again. Why would you come to me of all people? Like, I am the last person that would do that to you. I hate being a vampire. Yeah. And then Lestat gets mad about it and burns his house down. Oh, shit. <laughs> because Louis because Louis's response to things is always to burn it down like he burns down his plan because he's mad at Lestat and wants to like get back at him he's like well now we don't have a place to live so fuck you you're using all of my money and torturing the people that you know torturing my slaves but you know it was the south in the 1700s so yeah um so I'm gonna burn my house down and fuck you and free all of my slaves and then you know Lestat sh- shows up and tries to come at Claudia and he burn he sets he burns his condo down and sets Lestat on fire and burns down New Orleans. And then he, you know, the Armand in the theater of vampires killed Claudia, so he burns the theater down and kills all the vampires inside. So Holy moly. It's like his response is literally just like, eh, just kill it with fire. And so then Lestat burning his house down with all of his books inside and just his shack in the in the swamp where he just like wants to be left alone. And then Lestat just burns it down. And it was just kind of one of those moments of like, you knew how to get to him too. Like you pit that was like that was just insult to injury. Fire. That's the one thing Fire. he doesn't like. No, that that is the one thing he does like. He loves to burn shit down. The other guy, the other guy, oh, yeah. doesn't like the, fire. Yeah, that. Oh, I'm gonna get back at him. How fire? He hates fire. Okay, yeah. so uh, that's our new number twenty-four. Uh, Lestat and Louis from uh, Interview with a Vampire.
Okay. Yes. So my well from the Vampire Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, Vampire Chronicle. That that's right. Anne Rice's uh, universe. Uh, so my third one is uh, one that you similarly uh, will not have a ton of feedback about um, because unless I am mistaken and you change things, uh, you have not played the Mass Effect series. I've played, I, I've not personally played it, but I have watched other people play it. So I have a passing knowledge of it. Like I know who the key players are. I just have not invested any time or interest into it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the far end of uh, experiencing that game where I have played through the uh, trilogy more times than I can count. Uh, and and those are not short games. You like you're you're at least putting in forty hours per game. Um, the whole point of of Mass Effect is you're making choices. You're you're building your character. You're kind of uh, telling the story that the, the way that you want to do it. And uh, part of that is uh, relationships. You have the opportunity to start relationships with uh, multiple different characters over the course of the games. And through all of the times that I have played Mass Effect, uh, gone through a run of the full trilogy, the predominant relationship that I have chosen, meaning like I've, I've, I would say 70% of the playthroughs that I have done have been this one ship. And that is Commander, Commander Shepard and Garrus Vicarian. And the reason that they are my favorite ship in all of Mass Effect is because they actively make each other better uh, when they meet each other. Because the way that they meet is Commander Shepard is going to meet with the, uh, the council and try and get approval for uh, this manhunt for this this guy who's incredibly dangerous and on her way there she runs into garris who is also trying to investigate this this guy and they have this convergence of oh our our goals are the same uh and garris is frustrated because he's a member of uh Citadel Security, uh, CSEC, where he has to deal with a lot of red tape. It doesn't allow him to do what needs to be done in order to keep people safe. Uh, and he's incredibly frustrated by that. And he has issues with his father, who is uh, up higher in the ranks in Citadel Security. And he has a lot of uh, aspirations for his son and a lot of expectations so he's bogged down by that but then he meets commander shepherd and he sees this level of freedom and this level of like getting the job done that he is just so taken by and he's so impressed by and so he joins the crew and then over the course of that first game, you are going across the entire galaxy. You're getting into all of these different battles. Your characters are growing and they're getting to know each other. They're getting to know 
the backgrounds and their beliefs and, and just everything that they're about. And the way that Garrus and Shepard work is, is so incredible because their partnership truly does make each person in the relationship better than what, where they were before the relationship. They, they, become stronger they become more motivated they become uh more heroic and brave and it just it just they they constantly push each other but then they also have these really cute small moments where you see they're not just warriors on the battlefield they're not just soldiers they're actually like friends and they get along and they can relax and like just have some fun and one of my favorite moments uh, throughout the game, and this happens whether you are in a r- romantic relationship or not with Garrus, uh, there is a point in the third game where he invites you to uh, this area of the Citadel that you get to see like cars driving overhead and like it's, it's just a really beautiful view of the Citadel. And... Uh, you're up there, you're having a, a couple of drinks, and then he challenges you to a uh, shooting contest where uh, you'll throw the empty bottles that you've been drinking and uh, shoot and be the most accurate. And in that, you have the choice to either hit the shot or you can intentionally miss it to make Garrus feel better and like make him feel happy. And it's just so fun that you can have that, that impact on their relationship and how they feel towards each other. And you can do like a really nice, sweet thing for him, whether you're, you know, in a relationship with him or whether you're just friends. And it's, it's just a really cute moment that I always go back to. And there is there are so many different relationship options uh throughout the game uh and i always play a female shepherd like i played as a male shepherd and his voice actor is uh really awful i really don't like the male voice actor <laughs> isn't jennifer hale his her whereas female? jennifer hale is female yeah. commander shepherd uh so like you got one of the greatest of all time uh, and then, you know, a, a guy, uh, a guy that was doing local theater in Canada. So, like, who would you rather play uh, 120 hours of video games uh, listening to? I know m- my choice. Yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. uh, <laughs> but uh, through, through all of the different relationship options, there's some weird stuff that you kind of have to overcome. Like with Thane, you have to deal with the fact that he's still attached to his uh, wife who had died and he has a terminal disease that will kill him in a matter of, you know, a couple of years. Uh, You've got Caden who is like the ultimate uh, fedora nice guy who tells you a story about being in, in, training camp and he uh freaks out and breaks a dude's arm uh because he was like being 
hard on this girl that he liked, but they're in training camp, like trying to train their powers. So he's being a little harsh because it's for her safety. And Caden loses his fucking mind and like chucks him into the wall and breaks his arm. And it's like, oh, you're you're kind of a psycho. Uh, and like that's just two examples of like the weirdness. But with Garrus, there's none of that. There's no there's no weird thing that you have to like look past in order for the relationship to work. They just work. They're perfect together. Like to the point where one of the um, one of the most commonly used quotes from Mass Effect when talking about ships comes directly from the game and it is there is no shepherd without vicarian like they are the ship they're perfect uh and yeah they're they're one of my favorite ships of all time uh they're they're incredible i support you i don't know enough about it to uh, connect, but I support you and I value you. And also, you. he looks like kind of like a lizard cat, and it's cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sounds no. horrifying to me. I know who you're talking about, and lizard cat is. <laughs> He's adorable. He he is adorable. Lizard cat does not sound adorable to me. The description. I don't know how problem. else to describe him. Yes, I understand. I know what he looks like. I know who, of whom you are referring. I lizard cat just puts a different image in my head because I'm also looking at one of my cats right now and then also imagining what he would look like with lizard features. It is not that. It is something much more horrifying. So thank you for that. I don't know. He's a cute alien boy. He is. Um. I'll, also, <laughs> there is this is completely unrelated, but um, when do we not go on a random tangent? I just, there's a video, <laughs> um, and it was on Reddit also, so you may have seen it. <laughs> it's a priest baptizing a baby, and he drops the baby oh, face first no. in the basin. <laughs> oh, no. He just looks like, well... <laughs> They played the um the um Mary Jane over it. Yeah, that's solid. That's really that's some. Good I'm dying, and I'm so bad. Because... Oh man. Okay, so now where where the hell am I gonna put this on the list? Um. I'll, I'll, oh man. I think maybe right below Harley and Ivy. I think that's where I'm going to put it. Where is, where is that? Uh, that? It would be number eight. I don't know if I would put it in top 10. Oh. Okay, we're we're because I feel like our top I feel like our top ships have to yeah. be able to agree on, 
And so where where are you on. okay with putting it? I mean, I would I would probably put it, you know, in our in our just under the top ten moments. Because again, that's one that's like it's canon to yeah. who's playing the game. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm I'm okay with putting it below Betty and Veronica. Okay. Okay, our new number 13, lucky number, Commander Shepard and Garrus Vicarian. Okay, let me see where we're at. Okay, so we're at about uh, an hour and a half uh, with the... uh, with the tech technical difficulties, um, do you have another one that you want to do, or are you are you okay with what we've done? I don't really. I struggled to even get to three, because, like I said, I don't really have much that happens outside yeah. of comics, and I feel like most of my comic ships outside of like Harley and Ivy and um, Scott and Scott and Barda would be stuff that like we can do in an episode about a specific mm-hmm. character. So then, yeah. then the only other one that I'll, I'll bring up and I'll see if you want to rank it is the one that I alluded to in a text to you the other day. Um, do you want to rank Velma and Daphne? <laughs> no, no, because that it just, listen, it is too much of like the internet that's too much of like I've seen too much weird accidental internet porn of Velma and Daphne to take it seriously as That's anything. Fair. I don't ship anything from like that era of children's <laughs> cartoons. It's just weird. Anything I watched as a cartoon as a small child that isn't based in anything else, like Batman the animated series is completely different because those characters come from something else that I appreciate as mm-hmm. an adult. But, like, so, like, Dick and Babs on that thing, like, that's fine. They were teenagers, and it was fine. Anything I watched as a child, I'm not, I don't want to get into that. I mean, I'm not telling you that we need to fucking rank. No, I know. I, just, I don't know. And also, like, there's nothing, listen, there's nothing less sexual to me than an episode of <laughs> Like, there's nothing that is made, like... There's nothing about Scooby-Doo that turn, is as any... I don't think any of them have any sexuality whatsoever. <laughs> I don't like it when people try to make them sexy. I don't like it when we try to update them and give Daphne big boobs or anything. Yeah. Like, there is no... Like, even the movie with Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard and Linda Cardellini, none of that is sexy. And all of those people are incredibly attractive human mm-hmm. beings. And none of that is sexy. Even knowing that at that time, um, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar were an actual couple and would later get married in our like relationship goals. Mm-hmm. They're super cute together. There's nothing sexy about those yeah. people. Any of those characters to me whatsoever. So, no. <laughs> that is my long-winded no. Okay. Well. You should be ashamed. Oh. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm kink shaming you. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. Uh, Velma and Daphne are gay. Uh, they 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 love each other. Uh, we don't have to rank 
that's fine I don't that's fine you can live in that world for me they none they're like Barbies and none of them have genitalia (laughs) zoinks I don't want to think about it I don't want to acknowledge it it just there's nothing even remotely sexy about that cartoon I think it's all Casey Kasem's voice Casey Kasem does have a really weird way to kill a boner he listen there's nothing that kills a boner faster than Casey Kasem and now our long distance dedication here's don't stop believing (laughs) also because you get into that weird thing where I guarantee you there's some sick fuck out there that ships Shaggy and Scooby and I just cannot I yeah I'm 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 a hundred percent sure that that's a real thing and don't do that don't don't do it. Don't do that. Don't, don't do it. Don't do that. Uh, we're gonna go on record. Dog, but he's still a dog. Like, just don't. Just don't. Do we're that. gonna gonna go on record here and say, hey, uh, the shipping manifest does not condone bestiality. So what what have what have we what have we put a hard and fast rule on so far? We got incest and we got bestiality. Uh huh. Both of those uh, are. I will make positive. one exception. I will make one exception. I do have one more to kind of throw in here because there is a little bit of a ship that I have. Um, and I just have, I don't want to talk about it because I just, there's no, I don't really have anywhere to go other than they are, I like them in context. Okay. Um, but uh, Gargoyles. Gargoyles. Um, the cartoon Gargoyles. The, the, the detective and Goliath. Absolutely. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I also, yeah, um, that Elsa, I believe, was her name. Oh, it was Eliza. 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 Yeah. yeah. For sure. They, they could. I. I'm not gonna lie. I. I would have. I would have figured out how to do a gargoyle. But that doesn't really feel like bestiality to me because they're mythical creatures anyway. It's 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 a very weird line that you would have to walk where where it's like where where the the spectrum does this fall of like because they're very human like they're right. gods they're mythical creatures they're like it's very uh, like you can go in a lot of directions with it. Um, so I, I think that in that world, I don't know that I would consider it, uh, bestiality. Um, but it is, it is definitely a little weird. Um, uh, we don't even have to put that on the list. It's just something that I was throwing out there for. I wouldn't even know where to put it because I haven't seen an episode of Gargoyles in at least 20 years. Bring like, back Gargoyles. That's that for a reboot. That was such a good show. I can do it. Like, let's, let's, let's just get into it. Why not? Shout out to my Gargoyles fans. Hey, they've got Pops. They made Pops. So. Yeah. And, and like, the, they're, they brought back DuckTales and it's crushing it. So, like, just, right. just keep doing it. Just do that. You had stuff that worked. Just keep bringing back the things that I love. Because listen, I I don't need any of this Adventure Time, Steven Universe stuff. Just bring me back some classics. Bring me back some Gargoyles. Maybe a little Batman Beyond. 
I will not stand for any uh, any any bad mouthing of Adventure Time. I will not. I just I don't have anything bad to say about it. I just it's just not my taste. It is a fucking brilliant show that is that deals with stuff that you would never expect to be dealt with on a on a kids show, but it's also really important for it to be dealt with on a kids show because it's That's dealing fine. with like. It's just not my it, it 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 deals with emotions that kids don't really have a chance to explore. Uh, so by by giving them that that uh, media to kind of show them that it's okay to feel these things, like that's a, <laughs> that's fine. Again, it's just not my flavor. And uh, one time I fell asleep on the couch in the basement with the TV on. We were watching some cartoon. I woke up, my brother was gone. He was there when I fell asleep. He was gone when I woke up. And Adventure Time was on in the background, but I, it was like early Adventure Time where I had no way, it was like one of those things that was still very niche and I had never really heard of it. And so it was like on TV and I was not sure what was happening, but I did think somebody gave me mushrooms because it felt like I was, since then I could, I have not been able to get into it. That's fair. I, I was I was on the Adventure Time fucking bandwagon super super early on because it started out as a uh, short cartoon that was shown on Nickelodeon as a part of a like selection of different short animations where it was like we might make these into into shows and Nickelodeon had it and did not order it to series. And then it sat in like just in this nebulous area for multiple years. And then Cartoon Network was like, wait, you're not doing anything with that? <coughs> Nickelodeon was like, nah. So Cartoon Network picked it up and it had been so long since that original short that the voice of Finn had to be recast with his younger brother because in the years since then he had undergone puberty and his voice sounded too old. <laughs> Uh, so like that's how long I've been on the Adventure Time train. Uh, Fair enough. I I love it. Um, See, so speaking of Cartoon Network, how much do you think they're kicking themselves right now for letting Young Justice go? No kidding! <laughs> oh my god, you fucking idiots! I just found out that the day like the first episode was put up, it crashed DC Universe's server. Really. Yeah, when it went live, which I did, there was no way I would have known that or attempted it because I wouldn't have been. I didn't. But uh-huh. apparently, like it was, it was DC Universe's server went down when they try when the first episodes went up because it was everybody just clamored to like start it. I, and and like I I have to say this like I. Okay, like it's fine. It's 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 fine for what it is. But Young Justice is so fucking good in every way. And the only time I was like bored at any point in in these first 13 episodes was just in that Vandal Savage episode where it was like that slow narration. And it was like, this we had to have the story of Vandal Savage. It's like, we know who Vandal Savage is. He fucking sucks. Like we get it. Like, can we 
get to going uh that was the only more forager please yeah exactly but that was more just because vandal savage sucks as a character it wasn't anything that young justice did it was like we got to do a lot of legwork i just don't care about vandal savage scandal savage very interested in scandal savage rules i'm also super (laughs) i'm also um i am a notorious hater Teen Titans Go. The Teen Titans hater is logging on. I hate Teen Titans Go. I think it's garbage. It is horrifying. It is just, it's not fun for me at all. I think it's jolly. But again, you're foggy, I'm mad. Yeah. Um, It's just, I don't enjoy it. Just so absurd. I'm bored. Mm-hmm. But that justice episode, the Doom Patrol go. I just that was probably some of the best oh, shit I've ever seen because it's so it was, fucking, it was it's so, so fucking, fucking funny <laughs> when 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 it when it had the Doom Patrol <laughs> and like they they hit that same uh, the animation style and then they had all of the young or the, all of the Teen Titans voice actors. Which uh, Robin's voice come out of uh, the Doc's older face? That was very strange. Chief, Chief, yeah. Uh, Hearing hearing that voice, and it just and it was listen. Nothing, nothing is funnier Uh to me than. And now we're all going to go on a mission where we die. With that cheery Starfire voice, I just. I just can't like that was some that was some fucking gold like that is that is yeah chef's yeah. kiss like what I that, that, and that was the I'm thing like for. Young Justice um, is the reason to get DC Universe it is the reason absolutely like listen uh, they don't pay me I I don't work for DC if you they want to give me a job by all means I will happily push their products and sell their wares and be their bitch. But um, if you have not invested in DC universe and are on the fence about whether or not to invest in DC universe, the first thir- the first half of the new young justice season mm-hmm. is up and it is worth every penny that I pay my monthly fee. Titans is decent. It is not as bad as I expected it to be. I actually thoroughly enjoyed Titans, especially the season finale and um, I have also really enjoyed like being able to go back and watch content that I haven't been able to have access to at a, at a technically free capacity. Like I don't have to go and buy a season pass to watch Batman, the animated series, because it's right there for me. I can go watch these animated movies that I love so much. I can go back and watch Batman Beyond and like, like I, I, I was telling you that I, I watched it after uh, watching episode 13 last night uh, just because I needed something cheery. And let me tell you, that first, like, because I'm, I'm going to go through and watch the entire Brave and the Bold because I, I think I only saw the first season um, because it was on uh, during a time where I didn't have cable. Uh, so I missed a lot of it. Um, but the, just that yeah. first episode with Blue Beetle 
has some real, real good laughs. And Batman is so funny in that show. And you never get to see Batman be funny. You never get it. And he, it's, it's so good. It's so good. It's a very good marriage of like camp and serious stuff. And like I was having this conversation yesterday with Matt and I kind of like made a comment about how I don't enjoy the the CW DC shows because they're either like far too dark than for what the content matter is like Arrow or they're far too campy like The Flash. And it's like I don't I don't mind a little bit of camp. I think you can take these ridiculous characters and make them formidable and make them interesting because you're mm-hmm. doing it in a comic and mm-hmm. I can I can buy that you're going to go fight a gorilla in a comic. But they way that they do it on The Flash, it's just it's still too much tongue in cheek for me. It's still too much like you know, we're gonna we're gonna give you Gorilla Grodd, but like, isn't it weird we're fighting a gorilla? And it's like you're not selling me on it. Like you're not giving me, you know, it, it's not fun if you're if you're uh-huh. not you're you're like committing to it, but halfway when you make it campy. And it's like don't make it campy. Just do it or don't do it. Like don't try to halfway it. Don't which is which is why i like legends of of tomorrow more than the other shows because it commits it commits to everything it does and it is just all the way in yeah and i just don't i don't feel that level i on the flash Flash. i bailed on arrow like i i I don't watch them anymore uh yeah I also just don't enjoy Grant Gustin as a person or as, well, I mean, as Barry. We talked about why I really. bailed on The Flash on just, a previous episode. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, yeah. this is now our uh, longest episode. Yeah, this, this is our longest episode. So Tangent City. Wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we should probably wrap this up. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. Do we want to? Yeah. I, I don't I have an idea just yet, so idea. we'll have to we'll have to talk it over. Uh, but it will be a surprise. It will not be a wild card special. Uh, yeah, we will have a theme. We no, might we'll do, do a wild we'll card special a again in the future. Let us know what you thought. Uh, we're we're more than happy to uh, hear from you. And uh, you know, I know there's not a lot of you out there, but if you won't have ships that you want to want to hear us talk about please don't hesitate to hit us up you can hit us up on our uh, social media do you want to plug that i guess <laughs> i have to remember what our social media is it's hard yeah, enough to remember yeah. my so- the social media for nobody dreams <laughs> hold on let me find it <laughs> uh you can tweet us at uh ship manifest pod uh, and Instagram us. Hold on, let me get to Instagram at ship manif- shipping manifest, or uh, you can email us, and I think that's uh, shipping manifest at gmail dot com. Um, or you can reach out to us on the No Budget Dreams website, which is just nobudgetdreams dot com. Let us know. Um, let us know and, if there's any ships you yeah. want to hear us talk about. If we if we know enough about it, we'll be. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you have a character, character you want us to focus about. on, that that would be perfect. We'll be more than happy to dive into something like that. So we. we... Yeah. We might not be able to do a full episode on that character, but yes, we can absolutely, absolutely write it down. All right. Well, for me, Kyle Lee. So. And we'll see you next time. I'm Bye. Kelsey Nicole. Yep.